Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm very excited this day. So eight years ago, we walked into the Sharon Elementary School for our very first 10-10-10 was our official launch. We, we launched Life Tree Community Church where we went every Sunday. Up until that point, you could come to church once a month. And that was all we were doing, monthly services. You could come once a month and have perfect attendance. I'm telling you, you missed it. Those were the golden years. All right. Um, but now, since October 10th, we've been doing every single day, every single Sunday. And so we're here. And so we're so excited to have you with us today as we celebrate. And we thought, well, how could we celebrate having, you know, eight years? What's the best way to celebrate eight years? We thought, wouldn't it be awesome to help another church get started as an anniversary in our year of multiplication for us as we celebrate our start. And so Jen and Ronnie are starting a church, Jen and Ronnie Doherty are starting a church uh, down near Atlantic City, Pleasantville, is that right? Pleasantville, New Jersey, and outside Atlantic City. Um, I didn't really know about them too much. I think Jen had sent me a message on Facebook, and sometimes I get messages on Facebook, and I'm like, I don't know who these people are. I didn't really know Jen too well. I think I may or may not have responded. I apologize. I'm not sure. I think I did, but it was just like, we kind of like just, just, you know, it was like months went by. And then uh, there's a man by the name of Daniel McNaughton, who is one of my heroes in life. He was my professor. Kevin, Dre, we've all shared him. Nikki, Carrie, I think we've all had him. Maybe Marissa, you had him too. We've all had him. Great professor, Valley Forge. And he coached us through this church planting journey. He's like a, he's like a guru, swami at the top of the mountain, helping, helping us learn how to start churches. And he said, hey, I got this couple in New Jersey that's starting a church. You think you want to help them? So their names are Jen and Ronnie Doherty. And I was like, all right. I think I got a message from her. I should, that's probably, that's two times I, I, God's speaking. I should pay attention. So we called up, we connected, and we thought, you know, wouldn't it be awesome to have them here today to tell their story, to share what's going on with them? And then uh, we're at Taco Rito today. Um, you'll hear about what they're doing a little bit. I'm going to let them really tell the story, but they've got a heart for foster care and for caring for people. And part of what they're doing with the church is a nonprofit that's related to foster care. So all of the funds that we raised today, Taco Rito is donating a portion of those, and all of that's going to go towards uh, the foster care prevention services and the programs that they're starting. And it's just going to be really, really awesome. So uh, would you welcome with me, please, this morning? Actually, no, before you can welcome now, go ahead, you can clap. And before Jen comes, we're going to watch a video that just sort of uh, gives their story and shares what's going on. So uh, watch the screens here. We were driving home from New Jersey about five years ago, and we were listening to a podcast. And a guy was talking about the early church and what the early church looked like and how it was the center for wisdom for the city and, and brought justice and protected the city. Um, and it, that just really like sparked something inside of us. What if we planted a church that looked like that? And out of that came thousands of prayers and dozens of journals being filled. And we just made this decision that we were going to do what God told us to do. The area we're going to is Atlantic County, New Jersey, and it's known for gambling, addictions, poverty, and in turn, broken families, high crime rates, and all of these negative aspects. Um, and it's just this people that are bankrupt of hope. The area we're looking to reach uh, has over 220,000 people who do not know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we want to go, and we want to share it with them. 
God started this passion inside of us a few years ago. We adopted our first daughter, and ever since then, he just started stirring this burden for the, the orphan and for the foster care child. And there's over a 1,000 children in the foster care system just in South Jersey alone, and then there's over 3,000 children living in poverty. We see this church that's going to go into a community and rescue the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. Sometimes we really lean heavily on just saying, you know, they have to just get saved. But the reality is that this is such a hurting community that um, we have to recognize that the other needs are, are so important for them to be able to really see Jesus and who we are. We really want our church to be family, where we carry each other's burdens, things that you would do for your blood family. We want that to be what our church is. And we really believe that that can be anybody. You know, it's just not the people who look like you and who act like you. And really, we are all children of God and we're the body of Christ. And we really want to celebrate that, the diversity that happens when people who have nothing in common come together uh, around one shared purpose to see a city redeemed for Jesus. We want to see disciples making disciples that make yeah. disciples and that, that just keeps going. And then when that redeemed person is released, they get to go do what God has called them to do and fulfill the God-given dreams that they have. The long-term vision God has given us is to launch additional life-giving, active church campuses and other mission initiatives like RISE Foster Care Prevention so that everywhere you turn, you see RISE, a command for a city to rise from the ashes to the purposes that God has for them. Good morning. The last song is a little long, so I cut it off. How's everyone doing? My name is Jen, as you have already heard, and this is my husband, Ronnie, and we have the great privilege of being called to Atlantic County to bring the hope and faith of Jesus Christ. And so we are so excited. We're so thankful. We're so humbled to be in your midst this morning. Happy birthday. Are you guys excited to be eight years old? Yeah, that's so cool. We are honored that you are helping us start the, the calling and the dream that God has put on our heart. And before I even tell you anything else about it, we just want to let you know that you have some great pastors here. Um, I'm sure you know that, but sometimes we can get used to good things and then take them for granted. Um, so make sure this month you love on them and appreciate them because... Before we even came here, they've been speaking life to us. They have been encouraging us. They have been supporting us um, right from the start. There was like no question about it. As soon as we connected, it was like we're all about it. We want to see Atlantic County reach for Jesus Christ. And so it has been such an honor to be blessed by your church long distance. So thank you for your faithfulness and giving already. Thank you for all that you've helped us accomplish in these baby stages. Um, we have been able to start building a team. In fact, we have some of our team members here with us. You heard the wonderful Rebecca singing this morning, right? And Alex is here as well. She joined our team pretty early on. Um, the cool guy in the back playing the keys is Matt, and he's not on our team yet. <clears throat> um, but he 
He's awesome, and he's been so helpful in traveling with us and being part of the worship team, and we've been super uh, thankful to him. But God has been, we've only been in Atlanta County for three months, and we already have nine people committed to the team. Uh, we're starting small groups. Our nonprofit is legal and up and running, and so we're able to come into homes of uh, families that are fit and deserving to come in and say, hey, you're about to lose your children to the foster care system, and they need safe sleep. So that's bedding, mattressing, mattresses, things of that nature. And we would come in and supply those things. But the best part of that is we get to help them keep their family together, one. We get to, yeah, which is more exciting than you know. There's a 1,000 children in the foster care system in South Jersey alone. Um, We get to sit at their kitchen table. We get to tell them why we're there, and we get to offer them long-term mentorship and partnership. So we're going to be putting families together to become mentor families for these families so they don't run into these same situations over and over again. So the bed is just our door in. (laughs) We're like, here's a mattress. Let us tell you about hope. Um, So we're so excited about that. I'm sure I missed things, so I'm going to. She actually got everything. Hi. Well, on that note, um, we are so uh, excited about what God is doing, and we just want you to know you're already a part of that. You've already invested into the vision that God has put in our hearts, and you've already done that faithfully. And if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have gotten this far already. So just thank you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, We know that God is up to something big in Atlanta County. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. No. (laughs) All right. We are going to jump into the word this morning. My favorite thing in the entire world is preaching. And in this um, baby stage of planning a church, I don't necessarily get to do it as often as I would like. So I'm really honored that um, I have been given this privilege to speak to you this morning. And I really believe that God has a word for you in season on your eighth birthday. I believe that God has growth ahead for you. Um, I don't think multiplication is just a word by accident. I know that everything your pastor does is intentional. I've watched it. I've walked through the building. I've watched what's happened. I've um, I've heard from staff how uh, type A he really is, right? That everything is just just so. And uh, I'm not as type A, but I am. Um, I just I know that God is up to something good in your city, Amen. And He has people that haven't filled these seats yet, Amen. He has family members of yours that you thought were never going to walk through the doors. He has friends of yours that you never thought would come into the building. He has, he has people in mind this year for you to be a part of their journey to coming to know Christ. Do you believe that? And so I believe that in your eighth year, God is going to allow you to grow and multiply and see so many souls come to know Jesus Christ. And so I just believe this word is for you. But can we just bow our heads one more time, focus our hearts, focus our minds. Jesus, I thank you so much that you're in this place. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word. I ask God that you would allow your word to go forth with power and authority. Jesus, that you would change us challenge us, convict us, and get us ready to be um, movers and shakers in this city. God, that we would see more souls than ever come to know you. Jesus, lives changed, addictions broken, families uh, restored, marriages saved. God, I pray for miracles. I pray for breakthroughs. I pray for the things that sometimes we get tired of waiting for. I ask that today you would wake us up and get us ready to go out and, and be used by you. We love you so much. And in Jesus' name, we all say, 
Amen. I have one more thing to tell you. That woman back there, Mrs. Thomas to me, uh, Joyce to you probably, was my favorite teacher in middle school. Isn't that so fun? Yeah, you can give her a hand because she's the best. (laughs) So I walked in and I was like literally giddy to see her. Um, This morning, uh, the title of this sermon is Get Your Hopes Up. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, get your hopes up? Turn to your second choice and say, get your hopes up. How many of you like the previews at movies? Anyone like previews at movies? Anyone? My husband and my daughter love the previews. It's actually really annoying because I don't mind being late to movies. I don't, I don't care. I'm like, oh, well, no, it doesn't really start at that time, you know, and I take my time and I, you know, just meander in and my husband and my daughter are like racing to get a seat because they can't miss the previews. Anyone ever seen in here like a really good preview? You're sitting next to a friend, you're watching this preview, and as soon as it finishes, you turn to each other and you have that look in your eye and you're like, we are going to see that movie. Anyone? Does that happen to you? I, I, I've had that happen so many times with Lena because I actually prefer children movies. And so I'm sitting down with my daughter and we look at each other. We're going to see that movie. Like, we are so pumped about seeing it. And um, this is the reality. Our lives are supposed to be previews of heaven. Our lives are supposed to be previews of what Jesus is going to do in other people's lives. That they're supposed to look at us and say, I want to see what this is all about. I want to know why you are the way that you are. We're, that's what we're supposed to living, walking previews of what Jesus has for us. So this morning, I'm going to tell you two accounts from the Bible and then a takeaway. Can you guys handle that? Two accounts and a takeaway. The first thing I want you to write down, if you're not taking notes, you should. So, you know, grab a piece of paper, back your friend's neck, your phone, Grab something and start jotting down some notes because you remember more of what you write down. So don't be lazy. You could write. It's so good. All right. So the first thing I want you to write down is we are called to take land. We are called to take land. I want to tell you of an account. It's found in Jeremiah 32. I am not going to read it because it's far too long. So I'm going to tell you. I'm going to narrate this, um, this account to you. But Jeremiah... It's around 600 B.C. Jeremiah is a prophet. He's my favorite prophet, not because he's the weeping prophet, but because he's the living, walking, breathing word of God. Like people can look at him and they can see what Jesus is saying. Isn't that fun? And so that's what should happen with us. They should see us and they should see a preview, right? That's what... That's what's supposed to happen. So that's what Jeremiah does. It's around his 60th prophecy, and no one has started listening to him yet. Isn't that fun? How many of you ever talk to someone that's not listening to you? Don't you just want to shake them? Right? You want to shake them. You want to wake them up. So Jeremiah is talking to these people that he constantly wants to shake. He constantly wants to wake them up. And uh, they, they haven't start, started listening because whatever the newspaper says, he pretty much says the opposite. Right? So they're free, and he's like, listen. Punishment is coming. You're going to go into exile. This isn't a good idea. And then they're in exile, and he's like, good stuff is happening. There's hope. You guys are going to buy and sell land. It's going to be great. And they're like, you are insane. Like, you never say what's actually going on around us. Did you know that we're supposed to have eyes like that? 
that we're supposed to be in tune with Jesus, that when the newspaper and Facebook and social media and Instagram and everything else that takes place says one thing, we get to come in and say, no, 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 no. let me tell you what God is up to you. Let me tell you that there's good things happening, that Jesus is good and he's accomplished everything he needs to accomplish. So I know what you see seems grim, but we serve a living God who's alive and active and he's ready to move in our midst. Amen. So we're supposed to sound different than everything else that's around us. You guys with me? So this is Jeremiah. This is what he does. And so the people at this point in the book are actually in full exile. They had been in partial exile where they lived in the land with the Babylonians rule. And then they got with Egypt and they were like, hey, help us out. Let us get out of this. And Egypt was like, you're not going to be able to do that. So I'm leaving. And so Egypt was like, now I'm good. They left. And now they're in full exile, which means they're either out of the country entirely or they're in prison. Those are the options. Jeremiah is the lucky one who's in prison. He's in prison in this chapter. And it's not like a jail like you would imagine. It's more of like an open-aired prison. Meaning it's like a courtyard. You can see it. You can hear what's happening. You can visualize what's going on inside. And so people can witness what's happening in the courtyard. Can you guys see that? It's important that you visualize what happens in Scripture. You guys like the Bible? It's really fun when it comes alive. And so here he is. He's hanging out in jail. And um, he is telling them yet again a message that doesn't match what's happening. He's in jail. And he's saying, listen. Hope is coming. God has a plan. We're not going to be in exile forever. Good things are coming up the pike. Don't worry about it. We're going to buy and sell land again. And he's, he's preaching prosperity at this moment. He's like, don't worry, guys. It's going to be good. And they're like, you're in prison. You're nuts. It doesn't make any sense what you're saying. And so then his good old cousin, Hanamiel, that's what you're going to name your next child. Hanamiel comes into the picture, and he's like, listen, guys, listen. I know that he's saying all this stuff, but let's put it to the test, right? He's a, he's a nice cousin. He says, Jeremiah, if you really believe what you say you're believing, I have this land in Anathoth, which is in the land that's in exile right now. And I'm wondering if you want to buy it. Do you want to buy the land that the enemy is currently camping on you're not getting how crazy that is what that means is if i said to you i have land in syria and i really believe that good things are coming for it and so do you guys want to buy that today at full price anyone any takers anyone buying my land or how about i say you know what next year mars it's going to be inhabited i promise you So do you want to buy my piece of land on Mars today at full price? Any takers? No, because it's crazy, right? It's nuts. And so here he is. He's trying to sell land that is currently in exile. And this is what's crazy. Jeremiah goes back to God, and he's like, hey, did I hear you right? We good? God's like, yep. So he goes back, and he says, all right, I'll buy the land. He not only buys it, he pays full price for it. He doesn't even barter. Anyone like a good deal? Like he could have been like, no, I'm not paying 17 shekels. I'm paying one shekel. Because they used shekels at the time. Right? That's what he could have done, but he didn't. Instead, he went ahead and he bought the land at full price. Why? Because he was showing them a deliberate act of hope. He was showing them in that moment 
You ready for this? The enemy might be camping on it, but I own it. The enemy might be camping on it, but I own it. You have some friends in your world. You have some marriages in your world. You have some situations in your world that the enemy has his fingerprints all over. And the enemy has been camping out on it. But can I just tell you the good news today that Jesus already owns it? That he already paid for it? That he already did everything he needed to do so that that could be his. You guys hearing that? So there's some people in your world that you've given up on. Like I have have invited them 437 times. And they are not here today. It has been eight years. Can I, can I just tell you, can you invite them again? Can you tell them again? Can you bring hope to them again? Because he, he, I, Jeremiah never saw this land for 70 years. Do you know how long, come on, he bought a land he didn't walk on for 70 years. Could you imagine buying a new house? And not walking in it for 70 years? Can't go there. There are some people that God is like, listen, you don't understand. It's the next conversation where there's going to be a change. It's the, it's the next, like when you speak life over them one more time, there's going to be something that happens. You don't understand. I need you, I need you to go to them one more time. I need you to show up again. I need you to forgive them again. Right? There's a wayward child in this place. I need you to forgive them again. I need you to pray for them again. I need you to not give up on them because I bought them and they're mine. You guys with me? So we need to take land for Jesus Christ. Even if the enemy is camping on it, it's Jesus's. Amen? It belongs to him. It's already his. So the first point I want you to write down, if you haven't written it down yet, is we are called to take land. Amen? Amen. I want to uh, share a quote with you. It says, hope commits us to actions that connect us with God's promises. Hope commits us to actions that connect us with God's promises. I want you to know that Jeremiah acted in hope because he knew the promise of God. He knew the victory was already his. And so the only way that we're going to live that kind of life practically is if we're promised people. If we actually know the word of God, we can stand on it. You guys with me? If you don't know it, you can't stand on it. So you have to know it. And not just from a Sunday morning, but you need to be getting into it day in and day out. You need to know what the word of God says so you can actually stand on it. Amen? Amen. I have one more account. Can you guys handle that? One more. Number two, we are called to raise the dead. Everyone say, raise the dead. Oh, come on. Everyone say, raise the dead. There we go. Raise the dead. Our church is called Rise City Church. Can I just tell you that we live in an area that if you drive through it, you're going to be like, Jen, do you know it's not pleasant? I'm going to say, I know, I know, because there's so many people there. In the Bible, it talks about lost people, people who don't know Christ, as either lost or dead. That's kind of the, the verbiage it uses. And so I walk through, and I just, I visualize seeing people 
risen from the dead. I like, I'm like, oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I walk, I drive through and I pray and I pray over homes and I pray over neighborhoods. And I know, I know that God has good intentions for that land. Amen. Turn to John 11 with me if you want to. If not, it'll be on the screen. That's totally fine. John 11, verse 1, it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. I want to pause there for a second. They cared that Lazarus died because they cared about Lazarus. You guys with me? Have you ever, I'm not being disrespectful, have you ever been to a funeral where you didn't know the person? Right? I remember as a kid, I've, I'm Spanish, I have a really big family. And so there would be like family members I didn't know. I'd be like, oh, it's your cousin. I'm like, okay. And I'd be in the back. I wasn't weeping. Anyone been? I wasn't weeping. I wasn't mourning. I wasn't hurting. They had died, and they were even related. I didn't know them, right? If you're wondering why you don't have a burden for the lost, it might be because you don't know them. And so it's so important that we make new friends. Have you ever been comfortable with, like, five and no more? Like, this is my crew. These are the people that are allowed to come over to my house for dinner. I'm just talking real, right? You guys do that? It's just me. I'm like, I'm good. Like, this, this is the people I like when they come over. Their kids behave, and my daughter doesn't say weird things. And um, Right? You guys with me? These are the people I'm comfortable with. We, we like the same things. We talk about the same things. We're interested in the same things. Can I just tell you that if you want a burden for the loss, and you, are, you should have one, then you need to make new friends. You need to let new people in your world. You need to break your circle, and you need to let some new people in. Mary and Martha cared that Lazarus died because they cared about Lazarus. That's why they cared. As I go into my new city, I'm constantly praying all the time. I'm like, God, I want you to keep this broken heart for my city. I want you to keep this passion for my city. I want you, and he constantly is reminding me, go to places where people are. Because it's not just going to be like all of a sudden I'm going to open my door and these strangers are going to walk in. Right? It's going to be people that I intentionally went to and I let into my world and I made their interests my interests. And I talked about things that I don't even care about. Right? There's so many things that I don't care about. I'm not being mean. I just like, I'm not, I don't remember names. I don't know celebrities. I don't know name brands. I don't follow sports. I sound really boring. I know. But it's real. I don't know anything. And now I'm working in this new job where I have to sell GPS to plan a church. And so I sit down with people all day, and I have to care about whatever they care about. And I remember getting in my quiet time, and he's like, Jesus is like, hey, I'm teaching you something. I need you to care about what everyone else cares about just because you love them. Right? So that's the first thing I want you to notice is they cared that Lazarus died because they cared about Lazarus. Let me keep reading it. So so the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Let's pause again. They knew who to go to. 
when somebody was dying, right? Did you know that sometimes we just go to people and we're like, they need to know Jesus, they need to know Jesus, and then we just talk to them about us, right? And that's good for a while, develop the relationship, be a good friend, but can I just tell you that at some point you need to bring Jesus in? Right? Like he's, I know he's with you all the time, and that's good, but they need to know that he's with you all the time. Like they need to hear it from you. And not just an invite, that's good too, but you need to be bold enough to sit at your kitchen table and tell you, let me tell you about the hope that I have inside of me. Let me tell you the reason for my hope. Let me tell you why I am who I am today. Let me tell you why my marriage is strong. Let me tell you why I'm adopting kids left and right. Let me tell you why I act weird. Let me tell you why I have joy in the midst of sleeplessness, right? Let me tell you why I'm so tired and yet I love you, right? Because that's a Christian thing, isn't it? So let me tell you that. So they knew they had to go get Jesus. They knew who they needed to get. You need to know who you need to get. The account goes on and it talks about how they sent for Jesus and he was in this different town and he was like, oh yeah, I love Lazarus. I'll be there in two days. And so he stays two more days and then he walks and he gets there and he's kind of lackadaisical about it. And uh, he finally shows up and I want you to jump to verse 38. He's on the scene. He's talked to Mary and Martha at this point. They've asked, where were you? He has said, I am the resurrection. That's something for you to know. He lives inside of you. He's the resurrection. He said that already. And now he's at the tomb. And it says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. And you know what? He gave them direction and then they did it. And when we're always with Jesus, we start to hear directions about how we can move barriers out of the way. There's barriers in the way of some people seeing Jesus and knowing who Jesus is, and it's our job to remove barriers. Sometimes that's our biggest task, to move the rock, right? If we just move the rock, they would see him. And so he's like, hey, go remove the stone, and they did it. And so I want you to know that might just be... Hey, can you be the class parent this year? Hey, can you, can you stay a little longer and talk to your boss and speak life to him? Hey, can you, can you do me a favor? Can you talk to your neighbor? Can you show up? You, you don't know this, but they just had a loss. I want you to go and I want you to speak life to them. I want you to cook a dinner for them. Can you open your home to a new family and let them in for dinner and just Just love on them for an evening and make them feel like kings and queens in your home. Right? Remove the barrier. Whatever that looks like in your world, in your context. And Holy Spirit will tell you. He will tell you exactly what you need to know in order to remove the barrier. And then it's your job to do it. Right? So they remove the barrier. And then we keep going. It says, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. I really like Martha. Like, like she's, he stinks. We can't open that right. He stinks, right? Can I just tell you that recently dead people might stink a little? They, they might stink a little, right? They might say words that are not the words that you say. 
And they might act in ways that you don't act. And they might have problems that you don't face usually because you've already given your life over to Christ. They might, they might be in places that you don't normally go to, right? So they might stink a little. Can I just tell you that we're called to be around some stinky people? We need to get around stinky people because if, what are we doing if we're not? Like, as Christians, what are we doing if we're not around some people that stank? You guys with me? What are we doing? Let's keep reading. It says, then Jesus said, did I tell you that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Obedience. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Did you know that this really happened? This isn't a story. Do you guys visualizing this? This is crazy. Sometimes we read it and we're so like, oh, that's cool. He's talking to a dead guy. Let me keep going. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. So he came out penguin style. Come on, you guys got to read the Bible for what it is. It's fun. He came out penguin style. He's standing in the midst of them. And then Jesus said to them, does he smell good? Does he smell good, guys? No, he stinks. And then it says, Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Can I just tell you that once we remove the barrier and Jesus does the work, it's then community that helps take off the sin that's enwrapping them, right? It's, it's speaking words of life. It's breaking lies off of their life. It's speaking encouragement over them. It's speaking truth over them. It's, it's, it's walking them through addiction, recovery, whatever that might be. Right? Jesus didn't go take the grave clothes off of him. He was like, hey, you guys, go take them off. And community showed up, surrounded him, and began to take off what used to be his grave clothes. Guys, community is a big deal. I love that you're going to eat tacos after this. And if you have never hung out with them to eat tacos and you had other plans, you should cancel them. Because straight up, that's what community looks like. And when it does look like that, we benefit from it as well. Why? Because we take our eyes off ourselves and we begin to see the purpose that God called us to. And we begin to feel the joy that God intended us to feel when we do the work that he called us to do. Right? It's not just a benefit to them. And can I just tell you, you probably got some grave clothes that need to come off too. Right? you got a couple that are like dangling over your shoulder and you're like, my legs are free. I'm like, yeah, but you still stink a little. You need someone too, right? We need someone to break lies off of us and speak encouragement. When we've had that week that just felt like it was never going to end. I mean, we have a joke in our house. We sit down at dinner on Fridays and we all go, <sighs> right? We made it. Anyone else do that? Friday night dinner is awesome. Come on, we need some people to speak encouragement over us and life over us and redirect our attention to Jesus sometimes, right? Anyone ever need you to, like, turn your head and lift it to Jesus for you, right? Because it's stuck on a mirror or it's stuck down. 
That's what we need. We need community. So we're called to take land. It doesn't matter if the enemy's currently on it. We're called to raise the dead, not because we can do it, but because of who Jesus is and he lives on the inside of us. Amen. And then the last thing that I want you to do, and this is, this is the takeaway. Everyone say upward and outward. Upward and outward. Listen to this quote. I love it. To fulfill the evangelistic mandate, that's a command, that Paul and Peter and the gospel present us with. We need to be propelled outward into the lives of our neighbors and also upward into deeper intimacy with Jesus. We need to make new friends, and Jesus has to be our best friend. That's the way that looks. I know that sounds really elementary, but do you know the best Christians get the elementary truths right all the time? Those are the ones. It's not like they're like wizards, you know? It's that they spend time with Jesus, right? They put it in their calendar, and they don't let anyone take that spot. Right? They spend time in the word. They pray. We say pray without ceasing. I, how do you do that? Drive, pray. Work, pray. Right? Raise your children, pray. Right? We have, all the parents said amen, right? We have to be praying all the time. We need the word. It says we don't live on bread alone. But I'm a very word of God. We don't live on bread alone. If you're just eating bread from Panera, which is good, You're missing out because your soul is starving. You were created to have a different kind of meal. Can I tell you that? That's your sustenance. If you're feeling depressed or discouraged or weak or like your weak is hopeless and I can't make it at work and nothing ever goes right for me. And those are the things that you're constantly hearing yourself talk say and the things that you're saying every time you wake up. Can I just tell you need to get into the word of God. Your soul is hungry, and that's why it's cranky, right? Get in to the word of God, upward and outward. We need to be intimate with Jesus, and we need to make new friends. We have to. We have to be around some stinky people. It has to happen. James 4, 8 says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Isn't that a really good promise? It's that easy. We complicate things. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new dis- disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what he told us to do. So happy birthday. Go do it. Right? There are people that need to fill your seats. There are people that are living a life that they feel dead in, that they feel hopeless in, that they feel dark in. And we get to pull them out and bring them to the life that Jesus Christ offers. Isn't that the best news in the world? Your life has purpose. Your life has purpose. And so if you're believing that it doesn't, it's just the enemy trying to distract you. And lie to you. And so just hear me right now. Your life has purpose. And that purpose is to go out and pull them out of the darkness into the light. Pull them out of death into new life. Just keep doing it. And you do that by making friends and making sure Jesus is your best friend. Amen.
Can we pray together? I think the team's going to come up at this point. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your word and that, Lord, when we know it and we love it, it comes alive to us. God, I thank you that you have called us to take land. I thank you for Robbinsville. Jesus, I thank you for this county. I thank you for the people that are in their workplaces that are sitting next to them day in and day out. And maybe they've never been friends, but today, today they know that they are called to make new friends. God, I thank you for the new souls that are happening in year eight. I thank you for the the new people that are going to walk through these doors. I thank you for new disciples. I thank you for new people to add to our community. God, I thank you for multiplication. I thank you for multiplication. I thank you for multiplication, God. I pray that we would have a deep understanding that we are part of that plan. That you have called us to be the redemption plan. You've called us to be the reconcilers. You have called us to go out to make friends and to introduce them to you. Jesus, give us boldness. Give us eyes to see. Give us the victory that we know that you've accomplished. God, let us walk in that. If you're in this place and you know for certain that you have some people you need to befriend this week, you know for certain that you need to get with Jesus this week, that that one of those two things, upward or outward, you need to step your game up in. And you're saying, that's me. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it Friday. I'm going to do it Saturday. Not just Sunday afternoon, but I'm going to do that. Upward and outward. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. I want to know who I'm praying for. Would you raise your hand? I'm ready to be upward and outward. I'm ready for that. Yeah, there's hands everywhere, which means year eight is going to be awesome. In Jesus' name, Lord, you see every single person that made that commitment just now to be upward and outward, to be ready, to be used by you, to know you more intimately. God, I pray that you would bless them, fill them, uh, just continue to confirm the word that you've put in them this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you wouldn't let them forget. That you would be, you would nag them and remind them and remind them and remind them, God, so that Thursday they're still upward and outward. I pray that over each and every single one of them, in Jesus' name, that new friends would be made this week. That your word would come alive this week. That their prayers, they would know that they are heard this week. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. I just want to give you the opportunity. Maybe you're in here and you're like, I don't know him. Can you bow your heads real quick for me? I don't know him. I want that. Whatever it's cool to hear this Jesus that loves me so much and it's exciting to hear that that they have purpose I want purpose I want a new start I want that forgiveness I want to know Jesus like that and maybe that's you and man on on the birthday right here on Sunday morning you're saying I want to know him like that if that's you would you just raise your hand yeah awesome would you raise your hand and say yeah I want to know him like that I want to say yes to Jesus today yeah We're just going to say a quick prayer. Would you guys repeat after me? Those that raised your hand, you get to talk directly to Jesus. You're not talking to me. You're talking to him. He wants to hear you. He loves you. He, God actually sent his son to this earth to die on a cross to pay for every sin and mess up you've ever made so he could give you a clean start. And then he rose from the dead so that you wouldn't have to do it. And because of that, we have life and we have it abundantly. It says says we have life that's full. 
It's really cool. And so he's going to give you life that's full, especially if you stay plugged into a community like this. Because they're going to come around you, and they're going to teach you what it means to follow Jesus. So let's all say this prayer together. Jesus, I thank you that you died on that cross for me. That you didn't stay dead, but you rose again. I ask that you would forgive me. That you would give me a new start. I commit myself to you today. I give you my future, my hopes, and my dreams, and all that I am. Jesus, let me know you and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.